As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of Blue Murder Club. My name's Carrie and as ever I'm here as your host and always accompanied by my better half and fellow host. Lauren, what a lovely intro, thank you. I try and think of something a little bit different every week. Oh, I like it, thank you very much. It always says the same, you know, basically we're like two halves of Blue Murder Club. Fillmore and Louise. Yeah, yin and yang. Yes, I like it. <laughs> Give me all the feels. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. Welcome to the welcome to the podcast. Um, we we're over halfway through now. We uh, crimes around the world. I know. We arms are tired where we've been flying so much. Yeah, I know. Clocking up the air miles, aren't we? We are. Might get free bit at some point. <laughs> So uh, you had a good week this week? Lovely week. Yeah. We went out Friday night, which was beautiful. It's your birthday, isn't it? It's so we had a nice meal. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. was lovely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, work's been a bit hard. Go hard or go home, I suppose. It's um, <laughs> six weeks, so it's just six weeks of madness. Mm. And then it dies down, which is nice. So I'm just looking forward to the die down bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, other than that, what else have I been up to? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Getting my son ready because he's going on holiday. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and that's about it. Bit boring. How about you? I went Corsica last week <gasps> for a holiday. Nice. So yeah, that's why our social media posts. I was I was in a much nicer environment than where we usually oh, live. <laughs> it was beautiful. Yeah, it was really nice, wasn't it? We had a nice time. Well, I say when it, you didn't come, but <laughs> it was really nice. I can see from the photos it was really yeah. nice in the video. I was just like, please take me with you next time. Mm, yeah, you have to come in a suitcase. Yeah. Uh, yeah, can recommend it. Listeners, Corsica, lovely place, really friendly, really beautiful, unspoiled, untouched. Lovely. Really I've nice never part heard of the world. It. It's an island in between France and Italy. Mm-hmm. So it's a bit mixture of french and italian so oh, all the best bits really the nice. pizza's great the cuisine's beautiful the the french girls are gorgeous oh. the french men are handsome um ooh la la ooh la la indeed and they've got all the beautiful mountains and beaches and but yeah really nice oh. had a lovely time but yeah yes. raring to go raring to go Chewing on this week's episode yeah it's been a it's such a good one because we wanted to go back to asia didn't we because yes. we only did the indian case mm-hmm. And we, was, we we did a few other cases, didn't we? In the meantime, I was trying to think of another Asian one. Yeah. And one of our listeners suggested this one, I think. Yes, they did. And, um, and yes, here we are. Do you want to tell everyone what we're doing today? Ah, we're doing King John Un. Oh, how good is that? Oh, my God. 
listen, while you've been away, I've just been in this hole that lucky you weren't here because I don't think you'd have got me out of. Mm. I've been obsessed Mm. by this man, this country, the whole thing. I am obsessed. The regime is like out of a science fiction film. I, I just, yeah, going into it completely blind... And then within about an half an hour, I just was thinking to myself, surely not. Mm-hmm. Surely someone's pulling my leg. Because I kept saying to you, have you seen the film The Dictator? Mm-hmm. And um, I just think it's so like that film. Yeah. And like silly things. And I was, yeah, I'm just even now in shock of this mm. regime that's going on and what's been happening. And yeah, yeah, I feel a bit more cultured. Let's say that. <laughs> it's so different. To the rest of the world, isn't it? Yeah, it's like a it's like it's a complete law unto itself. Yeah, it is, and it's completely run by one man. It's, it's yeah. crazy, isn't it? It is. It's mind blowing. Yeah, that's how I feel. My yeah. mind has been blown. Mm, mad, isn't it? You'll have to bear with me this week because I'm like <laughs> mind blown. Time. Yeah, mind blown. Yeah. So yeah, Kim Jong Un, the current um, leader of North Korea. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a, I had a quick look. I wasn't too sure where Korea's the Korea's were. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they are a peninsula of China. Yes. Yeah, so North Korea is sandwiched in between the mainland of China and South Korea. South Korea, yeah. And there's a big, there's a, this always comes up, doesn't it? Their mm-hmm. location and like the split between the two nations and how different they are. Yeah. It's crackers, isn't it? it it's untrue. It's untrue. So, yeah, like you, I didn't know anything about it. I knew like some of the funny things like the haircuts and whatnot. And mm-hmm. obviously, he's constantly letting off like long-range missiles and stuff but I didn't know anything about it so I thought oh let's start with a little bit of background yeah um it's always referred to as the Kim dynasty because Kim Jong-un is the third leader from the Kim family um so I went back so I started at um the 8th of July 1994 Kim Il-sun at the age of 82 who was the dictator died Mm mm-hmm now, this man was like a god on earth to the North Koreans because, according to him and the propaganda that subsequently followed, he led the, the North Koreans to victory over Japan in World War II. Sorry, yeah. And he also beat the USA mm-hmm. in the Korean War between 1950 and 1953. Um, I believe he took over in 1948. Yeah. Um, he inherited power. So, um, he, right, <laughs> so this goes back, I thought I'll start, this is the, this is granddad, so I've got yeah. granddad Kim, father Kim, Kim Jong-un, mm-hmm. so just to make it a little bit easier in your mind, because they've all got similar sounding names, mm-hmm. Kim is the family name. Um, Kim, grandfather, mm-hmm. um, he was stationed in, um, let me see, so during World War Two. Grandfather Kim was a commander fighting in East Russia, fighting for communist rule with Soviet backing. And his aim is to release the Korean Peninsula from Japanese control. So it sounds like Korea was controlled by the Japanese at this point. In 1945, Japan forced to surrender. And Kim Il-sung tells his people that Japan was defeated and it was his victory. The south of Korea is divided. It's divided and it's controlled by the USA. The Russian and the Chinese support Kim Il-sung in the north of the country, and the country is divided in half. So this is where we get North Korea and South Korea. Mm -hmm. North Korea, cold, hard communist. 
South Korea, capitalist, USA back in all the way. Yeah, really westernised, isn't it? Very westernised. Mm-hmm. And as I'm like reading into this and stuff, I was thinking, oh yeah, because when I was a youngster, I used to absolutely love all those Korean films, you know, those Korean horror films. Yeah. And obviously Squid Game came out last mm-hmm. year, didn't it? Stuff like that. They're really big players on the global stage. They host the Olympics. Um, a lot of like electro- electronic goods are made there and things like that. They've got a thriving capitalist economy over there completely different to North Korea it couldn't be more different and there's only four kilometers of a what they call it a demilitarized zone yes I'm glad you said that That, because I couldn't say DMZ that separates these two countries yeah um so anyway here we are this is where all the propaganda and the myths start surrounding Kim father Mm -hmm. the father the middle one so at age four in 1946, the family go to live in Pyongyang, which is the capital of North Korea, and this begins the Kim Dynasty. Um, at this is funny, right? So Kim Kim Young Il, father uh-huh. Kim, at age six, him and his little brother they're playing in the swimming pool behind the family mansion. This is in Korea, uh, in Pyongyang, um, and his little brother drowned. And rumor had it it was Kim Jong Il who was responsible. <laughs> So this is already started at age six. He's Jeez. already showing his psychotic tendencies. They'd already started to emerge. This is a man who was raised to be a dictator. And on the day of his birth, right, this is what happened. And I'm not lying. This is what happened. Right. Believe me. A new star was born. Right. The glacier on the lake on Mount Pectu, which is like the biggest mountain, it cracked. A double rainbow appeared and cranes, cranes in the national bird of Korea, were seen flying around that announced the birth of Kim Young Il. Was there unicorns? Yes, they okay. came out of that crack. Okay, okay. <laughs> Just so I know. Um, and obviously, the propaganda states that he was born in North Africa, whereas actually he was born on a Soviet army base during yeah. World War Two. But it's impossible for them to admit that. So, yeah, that, this is where all the propaganda... Have you ever read 1984? I haven't, no. Well, it's a quite classic George Orwell, mm-hmm. and um, it's basically this. It is this. The whole thing is propaganda. The truth doesn't come into it. It's literally what the party want everybody to believe at that moment in time. And then as time moves on and you make alliances with different countries and suddenly you're friends with the US, you've always been friends with the US. That never happened before, and the whole thing's rewritten. And that's what they do in North Korea. Yeah. It's mad. It's like... I mean, he wrote that... When did he write that? I think he wrote that in 1948. Oh, he wrote that in 1948, which is the year that this regime started, wow. coincidentally. How weird is that? Anyway. He must have known. Psychic. <laughs> it, didn't it? George Orwell, psychic. Yeah. So the Korean War, I did touch a little bit on this because this is very important. Kim Il son, Kim grandfather, mm-hmm. invades South Korea and they're very successful. They push back the USA almost to the, to the end of the country, to the peninsula. But then the USA, obviously, a very wealthy country. They come and they push back. And they push the North Koreans back almost all the way to China. So they take over most of North Korea at this point. Then the Chinese step in to assist their fellow communists and push back the USA. And this was described in the documentary I watched as one of the bloodiest wars since it could almost be described as World War Three. Wow. Because there's a lot of countries getting involved and it went on for three years. A very bloody warfare. Um, lots and lots of people were killed in it. Um, and there used to be a TV program called MASH, which was about it. Do you remember MASH? I do. I yeah. vaguely remember yeah, it. Yeah, that was oh, about yeah. the Korean War. So, um, yeah, quite a famous war. Um, so, 
and officially they're still at war. USA, North Korea are still at war. They never neither of them surrendered. They agreed on this demilitarized zone, which is four kilometers wide and 120 kilometers long, and it is the most heavily militarized area in the whole world. It shouldn't be called demilitarized because it's the most heavily militarized. I think there's like 750,000 soldiers mm-hmm. guarding it or something. It's crackers. Um. So this instills Kim Il-sun and Kim Jong-il a lifelong loathing of the USA and they go on to build a million-man strong army to ensure the North will never be invaded again. And... Kim Il-sun decrees that North Korea must be entirely self-sufficient and comes up with something called the Zhuge theory, which is it will feed and arm itself without any help from the rest of the world. So now it starts to cut itself off from the rest of the world. Yep. It, all of their people are completely isolated from what's happening outside North Korea. Um, as Kim Jong-il grows up, it's like one rule for them, one rule for everybody else. He... He's crazy about American films. He James Bond's his favourite. He absolutely loves watching things like this. And he's well into films, so it makes sense as he gets older, he becomes in charge of propaganda. Mm-hmm. And he comes up with a rule that every home has to contain a portrait of Kim Il-sun, and it was a crime not to have the portrait. And I think you told me they've got issued a duster to keep it clean mm-hmm. <laughs> as well. You're not allowed to drop it. You're not allowed to no. put it on the floor. You're certainly not allowed to deface it. And if it's dusty, that is a crime against you and you can get reported and... Go to the gulag. Yeah. Yeah. It's mad, isn't it? Crazy. Um, He also, statues and paintings of Kim Il-sung start to appear all over the place. He's like the father, he's the saviour. These propaganda pictures are just... He's the eternal leader, isn't he? He's the eternal leader. Yeah, Yeah, he's God on earth, these people. (laughs) But they're so brainwashed, Mm -hmm. even from like primary school. Little kids, it's mad. So he loses his mum at quite a young age. She dies and he must have a sister because later on um, there is a brother-in-law who features later on. So he must have a sister, although there's not, no mention of her. Um, so his father remarries and he has a younger stepbrother and he's worried. So this is Kim Young-il who at age six has already murdered one, you know, potential mm-hmm. threat. He's worried that this younger stepbrother may be chosen instead and he begins to bug his father's office. And anyone who seems to question his succession, so anyone who says like something like, oh, I don't think Kim Jong-il may not be the right person to succeed our glorious leader, they're either shot or they die in a mysterious accident. Uh, one of the really high-up officials had questioned it and he'd overheard it in this bugging and he died in a mysterious car accident or some of them are sent away and his stepbrother was sent abroad and was never seen again so whether or not he lives or he was just killed who knows but he was never seen again this uh, stepbrother who obviously Kim Young-il saw as a threat but this is hilarious but it's it's very frightening so Mm. buckling in 1978 Bear in mind, he's a big fan of films. He sees himself as the next sort of like Steven Spielberg, I think. In 1978, he arranges for the kidnap of South Korea's most famous film actress, Chae Eun Kui. Now, in the documentary I watched, there's pictures of her photographed with Marilyn Monroe. She was a really, really successful film actress. And, um, and he wants her as his leading lady in a film. That he, wants, he wants to make all these propaganda films, but he wants her. So... He arranged for somebody to meet her at a meeting in Japan. 
and then the, the meeting went on for a few days. She gets schmoozed, blah, blah. And eventually they go for a walk along the beach, her and this man. And then this boat comes inshore with all these people and kidnap her. <gasps> uh, four or five days later, the boat pulls up in North Korea. They take off her, like the bag over her head. And Kim, Kim Jong-il is there like, to greet her. So straight away she's like, oh, fuck. And that's it. They're there. She's there for like the next five years. Fuck. And... Um, <laughs> He just oh wanted her, God. so he just took her. Then, this is crazy, she's married to the most famous film director in South Korea. He's called uh, Jin Sang OK, I think. Um, he's also kidnapped, and they, but they put him in prison and they put him in the torture position for 16 hours a day. He was kept in jail for three years until we agreed to make films. So he said, if you release me, I will make some films for you. Anyway, five years after she's been kidnapped, Chai is in this nightclub with like all the big wigs and whatnot. And um, she's reunited with her husband in front of the cameras. So Kim Young Il was arranged for all these camera crew to be in this nightclub to watch the reuniting of the husband and wife that had been abducted and kidnapped five years earlier. Oh my God. Um, and then he suggests that for the finale of that film, he remarries them. <laughs> I mean, if this is true, oh, which I guess it is, I suppose, because they escape and they come back, so they've obviously laid what's happened. But yeah, they're forced to make several films for Kim Young-il until they escaped in 1986. So that's eight years before they got got away from him. Wow. It's mad, isn't it? How did they get away? Now, like, this is a new it's crazy. story in itself. Yeah, I yeah. couldn't believe it. Yeah, I was just thinking, oh, I'll get a bit of background on wow. South Korea and um, Kim... Uh, Kim Senior, yeah, and and I was like, wow, he makes Kim Young Un look normal. <laughs> this man, the dad, the dad, he's yeah. more batshit than the son, I think. I think. Um, so in 1983, Young Il took over intelligence and he attacked South Korea with a bomb at a memorial service. It was an attempted assassination, actually, of the South Korean president. Now, 21 people were killed at this memorial service, including three cabinet ministers. Uh, luckily, the president was stuck in traffic. <laughs> Good old traffic jam, save the day. So he was not in the bomb. Otherwise, right. he would have been assassinated. I mean, can you imagine if he'd have successfully assassinated the South Korean president? He probably would have invaded again, wouldn't yeah. he? I mean, this geezer, he's not even in charge, but already he's basically declaring war. It's mad, isn't it? This is 1983. Um, in 1988, South Korea was um, the host of the Summer Olympics, mm-hmm. the Seoul Olympics. And... Um, the, the whole Kim regime, the whole North Korean regime, they do not agree with it. They don't want it to go ahead. They don't want their... They, I mean, they hate the South Koreans with a passion. They don't want them to look good on the world stage. So they're trying to persuade them not to do it. Anyway, so what they do is um, in on the 29th of November, my birthday, Rose hey. West's birthday, 1987, in an attempt to ruin the South Korean Seoul Olympics... Um, on board Korean Airlines Flight 5858, the North Korean two North Korean agents planted a bomb. Right, so they planted the bomb and then there was a stopover at Dubai. So they got off at Dubai, leaving the bomb on there. And then as the plane carried on, it blew up and it killed 115 people. <sighs> the two bombers were caught in Bahrain. They'd left the plane at the stopover in Dubai. One of them, managed, they had cyanide tablets. One of them managed to take the cyanide tablet and died, but there was a female bomber who didn't manage to take it in time, so they captured her, and she did admit that she had been sent by Kim Jong-il. 
um, and there's a picture of her coming off the plane after she'd been arrested and she's got a mask over her face like we all had to wear a few years ago. Mm-hmm. But this is in 87, long before people were... And some there was a commentator and he said what would be under that mask is a like a tongue guard to stop because they're trained to chew their own tongue off and to choke on their own blood and die. So mm. she so there would be something to stop <laughs> Yeah, your face is like you look like you're gonna fall off your chair. It's brutal, isn't it? Oh. It's fucking mental. But you've got to remember, this is a man who thinks that James Bond films are yeah. a documentary about international espionage. Sorry. Although, to be fair, he's really... Fucking I hell. mean, if you want to do terrorism, bring you down an aeroplane, he's as big as it gets, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah. so this, I just thought I'd add that little snippet in. We love our fun facts, don't oh, we? Oh, that, that was amazing. Like, yeah. Love our fun facts. Yeah, I do. I do. I'm sitting here like on the edge of my seat. That type yeah, of thing's done me. Do you know, we should me. have probably done like two parts, one on Kim Young-il and one on Kim Young-un, because yeah. this fella, Jesus... I bet if you went, you could go down two rabbit holes with him. Oh, yeah, I'm glad I went down the rabbit hole. I went down, it ain't half as bad as that one. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's, really, it's just fucking crazy. But oh. they're, they're just, I mean, they're subject to international sanctions, but it only affects their people. Yeah. They, they just carry on building more arms, getting more guns, getting more nukes. They don't care. They don't care. They can sanction the country as much as they want the rest of the world, but mm-hmm. the, the Kims just carry on doing whatever they want. Nothing Jesus. to stop them. In 2008, Kim father, <laughs> Kim senior, uh, Kim grandfather rather, he disappears from public. Oh no, this is Kim father. This is skipping forwards a little bit. Um, so yeah, obviously Kim grandfather dies um, on the 8th of July 94 mm-hmm. and Kim Young-il takes over. You watch all the newspaper footage and everything, like she's crying. The newsreader is sobbing mm-hmm. her high. People in the streets are literally like hysterically crying. It's, yeah. it's really quite frightening you just think god if you're captured on camera and you don't look like you want to throw yourself under a train you probably go to a gulag Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um so yes in 2000 and oh yeah so that was it so yeah in 1994 when he takes over he inherits power but he also inherits a disastrous situation because of this thing where um, North Korea had relied heavily on communist Russia but the fall of the Berlin Wall which is in the early 90s and the collapse of the Soviet Union in 91 Followed by some disastrous harvest, it had a catastrophic effect on North Korea and around a million people died of starvation. Mm-hmm. And the myth of a socialist paradise is absolutely falling apart. Um, his propaganda, so Kim Young-il father, his propaganda was that this was a road that all North Koreans had to travel, including himself, who he only he survived on only one bowl of rice a day, Lauren, this man, one bowl of rice a day. Bullshit. Yes, because in reality, he was having lobster flown in, French wine flown in, and you know Hennessy's Irish whiskey? Mm-hmm. He was their biggest customer. Fucking hell. Right? And in the meantime, a million of his people are dying of starvation. Yeah, yeah it's sad. Um, to keep in power, he ran the government like a mafia or, or like an organised crime organisation. And... Um, and, and, yeah, like I say, he's, like, gorging on stuff. He's got every every luxury under the sun. And in, the, in meanwhile, there's not enough food for his people. And he also, at this point, he begins to acquire nuclear arms. Was he a big boy? Was he... No, he weren't like... Set? He weren't like Kim Young-un. No. Okay. But he clearly weren't living on one bowl of rice a okay. day either. He was just like... I would say... Um, I'm not sure, really. But, yeah, he looked like probably... Just a little bit junky. Yeah, just nothing major. Just like probably he could go to the gym and lose a stone. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't look obese, mm-hmm. but he wasn't skinny, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he didn't, you wouldn't look at him and think, you know, you're like Kim Jong-un is. 
or was. Um, yeah, so he escalates his nuclear arsenal and he uses the threat of nuclear attack to leverage food from the USA. So he's spending all his money on, obviously, all his luxury items, blah, blah, but mainly on getting nuclear weapons and then he used that as leverage to get his people fed for free by charity, by, like, international aid. So all these grains coming from the USA and everything. Jesus <laughs> and Christ. He's laughing. He's absolutely laughing. Um, George W. Bush at the time described the regime as at the centre of an axis of evil. And in the meantime, North Korean people are kept in complete isolation. They're brainwashed into believing all of the propaganda. Um, so, yeah, this brings us up to, this is like Kim Young-il's reign, which mm-hmm. sounds like, I can't imagine how anyone survived it, to no. be perfectly honest. I think, if it was me, I'd enlist in the army. It's the only way you could survive, I think. But you'd have to be chosen. Yeah, but I'll I know there's like, that, yeah, there's yeah. lots of like, well, it, there's a million of them. So you've got, what, one in 40 chance of getting yeah. in, I suppose. Yeah. But there's lots, I suppose everybody's employed by the... Um, you don't get a luxury of really choosing anything. Anything. Anything, oh, anything no. not even a career. You don't, you, that luxury is not there for you, my love. I'm sorry to say. During this time, uh, Kim Young-il, there's, um, he does relent a little bit on the communist stuff and he starts allowing, like, Black markets bring up. Mm-hmm. People are trading food. And he does start to allow a little bit of like capitalism, trading, trading food with China and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but only if they're getting their share. So yeah. tax them and they put licenses in place and things like that. So, um, so yeah, this brings us up to, I think, just as we're coming up to um, when he... Dies and passes the mantle over to Kim Young and, you yeah. know, the man that we all know now. The man, the myth, the legend. Yeah. The killer, not the legend. Mm. Yeah. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So I'm going to just... Chunk in a few, oh, I'm going to say a few, I'm going into life, what life's like in North Korea. Right? Yeah. Um, well, King John Il's dying and King John Un, and then I'll get back onto King John Un. So it's really tough on many people are starving, as you're saying, their people dying on the streets. It's bad. 
They have a constitution that guarantees the freedom of religious beliefs and will prosecute people who practice any religions. Since 1953, over 200,000 Christians have been reported missing and presumed dead, Kaz. So that's a lot of Christians just gone. There's no outside influence. I think they've got one TV station, one newspaper, and it's all propaganda con- like continuously and just basically saying how great their leaders are. Uh, yeah, I was through this. When watching documentaries on this, I was gobsmacked. There are posters everywhere showing the H-bomb and nuclear missiles, and it's just everywhere. Um, it's like living in Big Brother. So now everywhere, there's cameras everywhere, and you've got to be doing what you're meant to be doing, and if you're not, you get sent to the goulash. So if goulag. Goulag, goulash. Goulag. Goulash is a yummy food. I know, that's what I was just thinking. So oh, if you go to the goulash, to sweeping that bit of grass there, Kaz, and you're not there at the, your allotted time, that's it. Uh, it's just, yeah, from the age of five, you live at school Monday to Friday. The state raises your children. If you're a twin, you get taken off of your parents, a twin, or multiple birth. You get taken off of your parents and the state run them until the age of five. And you had a great reason why you think it's because of food. So the state could actually feed this because the birth rate's quite low, isn't it? You said it might be so the uh, state can feed them because food's sparse. Mm. So I think that was quite a good reason because I couldn't understand like why, what the reason was. So from the age of five, you go to school trips to the War Museum. Did you see the War Museum? Mm-hmm. It's madness. There's really graphic images and they show a very different take on the war, as you've said. They brought up and brainwashed to hate the US especially and they are an immediate threat, immediate 60% of the population are now below the poverty line. They're isolated from the outside world and they're banned from speaking to tourists. So tourists can go over there, but they're not allowed to speak to them. And they're not allowed to be shown that they're poverty. They're not allowed to be shown that they're sweeping the street. It's just meant they're just not allowed to be. So if you went up to one and went, oh, hello, and they went, they, they're not allowed to say hello back. It could mean a very bad fate for them if they did, and for you, to be fair. Uh, they try and shape every citizen to a loyal subservient subject. The regime uses a system of repression and fear to maintain dominance over the people. They have a choice of only 15 haircuts per sex. There's no traffic queues and the state-run buses, the queues for them are huge. Have you seen it? It just goes round and wraps round and round and round the roads because there's one bus. There's no traffic queues. Mm. Like people, imagine doing hard labour all day and then you've got a queue for like an hour to get on a bus. It's just, I can't, yeah. So for security, they have very, very limited access to the internet. They can get local news, weather, a dictionary, games and local wiki, but that's about it. Mm. North Korea offers only three television channels for people to choose from, and all of them are government-controlled. And I think watching them, one is propaganda, one's singing songs, and one's a guy showing how to fire uh, guns. So they're the free stations, so you can watch how to fire guns, the songs of how brilliant their leaders are, or all about the H-bomb. Making international calls are a crime. In 2007, a man was who made several international calls was killed. Bloody hell. Yeah. Anything that disrespects the family of the King Jong-un and the North Korean government or politicians is considered an act of blasphemy and may be met with severe punishment. 
in January, it was reported that a mother faced jail for trying to save her children instead of a former president, King John the second, like King John grandfather, son's portrait in her inferno that wrecked her house. So she saved her children, but because she saved her children before she saved that picture, she was killed. <laughs> Facts, right? Mm. <sighs> yeah. Oh, I have another it. Even failing to wipe the dust off of his portrait is enough to make one guilty. And everyone's given a special duster. Only male government officials are allowed to drive. Women are not given permission to drive, even if uh, working as traffic officers. And have you seen them? They look really good. They're in like a disuniform. There's no traffic to guide. There's none. Mm-hmm. And they're sitting there and they just turn certain directions doing all this, but there's no traffic. Oh, wow. They just stand there all day, every day, doing <laughs> the same thing. The government restrictions allowed only one in a hundred people to have a car. They're not allowed to travel abroad without permission, and they're not allowed to travel in North Korea at all without permission. You have to have something kind of like a, I don't know, a permit. So mm. if your grandmother lived over the, I don't know, I want to say like over the country somewhere, you'd have to get permission to go and see her. Yeah, I did. I did read that you have to have permission to enter the capital. Yeah, only the elite live there, and it's really nice. Mm-hmm. Kim Jong Un has built all these skyscrapers. It looks very modern and mm-hmm. cool, and only the elite live there. Yeah. Um, so the choice of a professional of an individual is decided by the government based on the country's needs. Those who do not comply are sent to concentration camps for false labour. So that's what I'm saying, Jad. They. They dictate you're either going to the army, you're going to be a school teacher, you're going to be in, not an Olympian, but a gymnast or a basketball player. Do you know what I mean? In a girl group. And if you don't, if you're like you say, I want to go in the million, uh, military, but you're mm. deemed to be um, a school teacher and you're not saying, yeah, let's do it, like that's it, you're off to the camp, you go. Mm. Um, an entire family can be punished if a person commits suicide. So if an individual commits a crime, three generations in the family are prosecuted. Military service is compulsory for men for 10 years and women seven years. As a tourist visiting, you have to go through China tours even to get a chance to get in. Bibles are forbidden um, and you're not allowed to wear political clothing. So you're not allowed like any books brought in from anywhere else about North Korea because it unraveled the truth Mm. of all the things they've been setting in. So no cameras, no filming, only footage can be screened and deleted if they deem it. Mm. So if they're watching you take a photo and you cut off one of the statue's heads, Mm. that's deemed as... Disrespectful. Disrespectful, so you get punished. So they have to look at everything and be by your side and then they'll go through the list of photos you've taken and delete most that they deem like that you're disrespectful. Mm. Um, there's one hotel in the whole of North Korea for tourists and one of the levels is banned. And if you go on that level, that's it, you're dead. <laughs> so let's get on to the man, the one we're meant to be here to talk about. So you've done his grandfather and his father so I won't go into that because I had a little bit but nothing like you've just done so that was brilliant so he was um, well many guess his birth year so there's three years it could be 1982, 1983 or 1984 authorities state he he was born the 8th of January 1982 for symbolic reasons 
His granddad would have been 70 and his dad would have been 40. However, when interrogated by the CIA, his auntie and uncle said he was actually born in 1984. So that's two years prior to when he's actually born. He was the first of three leaders to be born in North Korea. Uh, he was the third son of King John Il. Il? Mm-hmm. He was seen as a leader from childhood by his father. He was demanding and bossy, especially over his bigger brother. And he showed great strength. The first brother, King John Nam, embarrassed the family. A King John Chow was seen as too feminine and weak to rule. So it's to believe that King John Un was raised in Switzerland under the name Chow Pak, with his mother Nicola and a former dancer and second wife to King John Il. He went to a private international school from 1998 to 2000. And he was described as a shy boy with a poor attendance and no grades. So not too bright. Under the impression of being um, a son of an employee of the North Korean ambassadors in Bern. So he was, that's his cover story. cover story. So a school friend of Pack states that no one knew who he was at the time and he kept quite a low profile. But he did have two bodyguards following him around and friends guessed that he, they were just family members. He lived in an apartment without his parents but did have staff like cooks and cleaners. He had a whole room dedicated to basketball merch as he loved the sport. He loved Chicago Bulls and Michael Jordan. He was passionate about Western culture and would eventually bring some of that culture back with him. He loved action movies and he especially loved Jackie Chan. So I'm thinking he was obsessed with Rush Hour. Mm. One, two and three. (laughs) I haven't seen it. (laughs) Yeah, I reckon he loved it. He was taken back to North Korea to finish off his studying when his dad suffered, started to suffer ill health. And in 2009, he marries Ri Soju. To the people of the time, King John's own older brother was favoured to succeed the father. Um, so, but unfortunately for the brother, he was seen to embarrass the family when, he's, when he was caught trying to visit Japan in Disneyland, Tokyo, because he loved it, on a fake passport. So they were they enemies of Japan, aren't they? Mm. So um, he's just embarrassed the whole family by doing that. But I believe King John Il didn't see him as his succeeder anyway. He's mm. always had eyes on King John Un. So at the age of 27, King John Un has plastic surgery to look like the eternal leader, which is King John Sang. Uh, with their father's health declining, King Jong-un was um, being prepared to be the new ruler under the internal ruler. So he he's on the earth plane, ruling for his granddad above. On the 17th of December 2011, King Jong-il dies. The people didn't know much about the new leader, who was 28 by now. And at first glance, they thought he was quite weak. Um... So he saw guidance from his uncle and mass-produced propaganda to feed every news station, radio and TV. People would soon know who he was. He would feed the people with over-the-top stories of his many exploits, which we'll come to later. He does everything to show the people of North Korea how brilliant he is. He does start to bring Western culture over because he loves it. Even opening a new pizzeria um, restaurant and he's... Because it's his favourite food, he's like, we need one. 
most of the country are too poor to eat in there, but he just loves it and he, he wanted it there. And then he took a liking to a young boy and he's made him the chef. And because he's liking, he's the only person that's been allowed leave and he was granted one year to fly to Italy to study how to make pizza mm-hmm. under an Italian chef. And I thought, wow, that's mad, isn't it? So he began, begins a strange friendship with Dennis Rodman when he's invited him to North Korea for his birthday. He starts to build skyscrapers and ski slopes and a theme park that the like people in that little place haven't seen before. After a year into his power, he proceeds to eliminate the most powerful members of the regime because thinking they're a threat. And he wants to start showing people, anyone questioning his strength and anything like that, this is what he does. Um, it's because they thought he was too young and weak to take over, so he was only five foot, he's only five foot two, that's my height. He's mm. diddy, you know. But he's trying to show him that's not the case. If you undermine me, you're dying. So if King Jong-un gives an order and someone doesn't comply, they will be executed there are songs being sung about him and how brilliant he is. Like, he's a great horseman. He drives a tank, a submarine and an airliner. He's friend of the elderly and hero worshipped by the people. Fucking hell. He's the best shot as well. Yeah, yeah. The best aim ever. Mm. Yeah. So he likes to smile in every photograph to show how willing he is and how happy he is and how friendly he is. He says he's really humble and he doesn't like photos and statues of himself. He's just a normal guy. Fuck me. The guide said that. Yeah. When they said, I think the um, the the journalist that went on the tour, mm-hmm. there was a massive statue of King Young, grandfather and father. Mm-hmm. And he asked the guide, when King Young Un dies, will he be there as well? And she said, oh, no, no, he's... T- he he won't have that, and he said, "Oh, why is that?" And she said, "Oh, well, he's humble. Yeah, he doesn't mad. want." It's <laughs> weird, isn't it? Sorry, I keep it in my mouth. Yeah, it's just oh. craziness. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, um, he confiscates all pet dogs. I didn't like that fact. He's wrote twelve books available in most languages with really really long titles, Kaz, and it's all propaganda mm. about how great he is. So I don't think he's that humble. Um, he had a drive to beat his father and grandfather's failure for the nuclear weapons, and he does succeed in doing it. So North Korea conducts an underground nuclear test blast, which their enemies puts their enemies on high alert. So this is the starting of the turning point, I think, with the nukes. So he then has every poster everywhere. I didn't, did you see the posters mm-hmm. of like the H bomb and nuclear war missiles and? He's put the whole country now on high alert, saying that the US is an immediate threat. They're coming for us. We've got to be ready. Which is just, yeah, madness. So in 2014, North Korea have hijacked a company, Sony Pictures Entertainment, and they go into a bit there. And I'll let you carry that one on because you've got that later on, haven't you? Um, in September 25, 2007, Trump took to Twitter to take a dig at him, branded the leader of North Korea, Little Rocket Man. That's 2017, isn't yes. it? Yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, 5th, 7th, 20th, 17. And I'm like, when researching this bit, I was just in fits of laughter. Mm. 
So Trump and Kim become pen pounds after a period of serious tensions in 2017. Trump becoming the first sitting US president to meet with the North Korean leader. And then these letters then turn into love letters. So in his letter to Trump, Kim addresses him as your excellency. Even now, this is all a quote from one of the letters. Even now, I cannot forget the moment of history when I firmly held your excellency's hand at the beautiful and sacred location as the whole world watched with great interest and hoped to relieve the honour of that someday. Mm. It's madness. So that was wrote to Trump on December the 25th, 2018, mm. after their first meeting in Singapore. After another meeting, it's very... Between myself and your excellency, it would be reminiscent of a scene from a fantasy film. Okay. Yeah, it's mad. Trump's response was more straightforward, but nevertheless filled with flattery. Trump wrote that you and I have a special and unique style and special friendship. Only you and I working together can resolve the issues between our two countries and end the nearly 70 years of hostility. Bringing an era of prosperity to Korean Peninsula. Peninsula. Yes. Mm. That will exceed all our greatest expectations and you will be the one to lead. It will be historic. Trump even invites him to go to a movie together. It's just oh. madness. Like, you've got to see these letters mm. to actually believe it. It is Lala. So that's where I'm up to. That's King John Un in a nutshell. Well, I'm, I must admit, I was quite relieved at the time when they did fucking kiss and make up mm-hmm. because that was terrifying when them mm-hmm. two were threatening each other with nuclear war. Yeah. Awful. It was at the time. time, but looking back, I was like in hysterics when I was reading yeah. like the back and forth of them. It's just Trump. Harry says anything, isn't it? China. Well, I think, Kim, I watched um, I watched the newsreel actually of when they met each other. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was at the demilitarised area. I didn't know it was in Singapore. It said it was at the demilitarised area. And um, it was, yeah, you're right, he's small. Trump towered over mm-hmm. him. Uh, it, the whole world was there and everyone was so, so interested in it. Um, yeah, but they looked like, he wasn't smiling much either. I know you said that he smiles and everything, but mm-hmm. I didn't see much evidence of that. I know when you listen to podcasts, people say it, but I didn't see a lot of evidence that he doesn't, all the pictures of him, he looks quite stern. He looks quite fearsome, I think, and quite powerful. Not smart, not... I didn't find out. <laughs> After we searched him, he didn't come across as smiley and friendly smiley. to me at all. Um, well, he said that because he wants the people to think he's But he doesn't friendly. say it, though. He's never done an interview. No, but it's the propaganda he's putting yeah. out there. Oh, it's the, the propaganda. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, he's never done an interview, so it's yeah. only speculation of why he does it. Yeah. No, that's someone guessing why he smiles. Yeah. No one knows because he doesn't do interviews. It's, um, yeah, so obviously he's still in power now, isn't he? But going back to mm-hmm. when he first became in power, like you say, he was only 28. Mm-hmm. And um, so he was taken under the wing of his uncle. Yeah. Um, he's called, let me see, Yang Song. Mm-hmm. And he married um, Kim Jong-il's sister in 1972. So he is his uncle by marriage. But he's well in the thick of it. He's got a lot of experience. And he took him under his wing and he was his main advisor when he became the new glorious leader in 2011. <laughs> um, now, Yang's power and position, it, se- it seemed to grow. It's, I think there was sort of like rumours 
around about 2008 when Kim Young-il started to get really poorly that he had stepped up, that he was taking over more and he was actually de facto leader in... Lead, leader in, I know what I know what you leadership. mean. Oh, yeah, I know what Le- you leadership, mean. Leadership, yeah. leading over North Korea while Kim Jong-il is, is obviously struggling with his illness and he's in the hospital and his health's declining. And when Kim Jong-il subsequently died, Yang was vice chairman of the National Defence Commission, a position which is considered second only to that of the supreme leader. I have kind of condensed this. There are so many titles and things for people over there, and it means nothing to me. So it's not going to mean. <laughs> so it's not going to mean anything to our listeners. So this is this is this is basically it. So he was believed to have been promoted to a four-star general around the time of King Yong Il's death in December 2011, as his first appearance in uniform was while visiting Kim, laying in state. So it was um. Did you see anything about that? Well, he was laid in state, a bit like what they did to the Queen Mother. Mm-hmm. It was like a clear casket. You could see him, but it was like it for absolutely ages. Yeah. But there was only eight men who walked with the um, casket on the funeral procession. There was Kim Young-il, I suppose the other two sons, the uncle, and four other men. And I think within a couple of years, none of them were alive. It was a year. Within the first year, he mm. got rid of a hundred of them. Well, those eight, yeah. those eight, mm-hmm. the main, like, most powerful mm-hmm. ones. Uh, Yang was considered a key policy advisor to the young Kim Jong-un. In December 2013, this is two years later, Yang was abruptly accused of being a counter-revolutionary and he was stripped of all of his posts and he was expelled from the Workers' Party of Korea. All of his photos were removed from official media and his image was digitally removed from photographs with the other North Korean leaders. A 2,700 word statement was released stating that the despicable human scum Yang, who was worse than a dog, perpetrated thrice cursed acts of treachery in betrayal of such profound trust and warmest paternal love shown by the party and the leader for him. The statement detailed many charges against Yang, um, basically stating that he was a spy and he was trying to overthrow Kim Young. And it's literally, it's obvious what's happening. Anyone with any power is actually being eliminated now up until this point when yang had a lot of power lots he had lots of people that were loyal to him other than yeah kim jong-un he's still giving money to um kim jong older brother who, who lives in exile once obviously he's gone he's out the picture apparently he was executed um, he said on the 13th of december that year state media announced he'd been executed by firing squad that money dries up. So now Kim Young, oldest brother, who should really be in the air, is cut off from all the family money and he can't afford body cards anymore. Which leads us on to the next murder, which is, again, straight out of James Bond film, the assassination of Kim Young Nam. So the eldest son of Kim Young Il. Here we are. This is the 13th of... Uh, February 2017. So this is like, what, three and a bit years after mm-hmm. the uncle's been re- removed. I suppose Kim Jong-un is thinking, nah, he can't be He can't be allowed to live. He can't be allowed to live. Because the succession has been the eldest son, the eldest son, mm-hmm. next the youngest son. Mm-mm. If someone wants to take over, they're going to bring him back and put him in charge. He's yeah. got to go. And now this fella, he can't afford bodyguards anymore, so he's kind of a sitting duck. So on this day, on the morning, about 9 o'clock in the morning, on the 13th of February 2017, um, he arrives at Kuala Lumpur Airport. 
you see him on the CCTV, he enters the terminal and he's looking up at the camera to see where his flight is. And then you see him moving over to one of those self-checking stands. As he's there, these two young women run over and they pull what looks like a stupid prank. You know, those, oh, I can't stand them, those stupid prank shows where mm-hmm. people do stupid things to each other and they're being secretly filmed to see how they respond. So they, they spray and rub some liquid on his face and then they run away. Um, and he gets really angry. He knows something's wrong straight away and I don't know why, but he must, he must have been prepared for it. He goes straight to the airport officials for help and he described what happened and he's taken immediately to the medical area. Um, not long after he slips into a coma and he never wakes up because he dies within 20 minutes on the way to hospital um, in the ambulance. He's Before he slips into a coma, he's in pain, he's sweating, you can see he's been poisoned. And he'd actually been attacked with a nerve agent called VX. North Korea is the only place on earth that's got this VX. Um Weirdly enough, in his bag, he only had a rucksack. In his bag, he had the antidote to it. I know, mad. It's weird, isn't it? How strange. He must have known he was a threat. that was going to be a threat, but for some reason, he didn't think to use it. Yeah. Because he knew. he knew something was up. I don't know why he didn't use it. It's weird, isn't it? That is odd. But um, in some of the CCTV, there were agents all over the airport, North Korean agents, uh, watching, just making sure it was happening correctly. And there was actually one in the medical bay, making sure that he did actually die. So... I don't know. No. Weird, isn't it? It's odd. Very strange. Um, one of the young women was called City Aisia. Aisia? I think she was Vietnamese. And um, the two women, they were both sort of like trying to get into the media. They are both sort of like struggling actresses, singers, that kind of thing. Both really wanting to be famous. And they'd been approached by someone called James who um, who sort of like set them up, sent them on all these pranks. They were videoed and uploaded to YouTube and that sort of thing. And um, so, yeah... Um, CT, she said that she'd been asked to come and meet James at the airport. I think James turned out to be just like the hand, they called them the handler, the spy handlers, but they didn't know. There was a chemist there, there was a big setup. And um, so she was asked to meet him in the coffee shop at the airport. He pointed out who the um, person was going to be pranked, pointed out well, the guy in the grey jacket with the rucksack, and he gave her the liquid to put on him. And both the women, they both ran to the toilet after they'd wiped it on his face and washed it all off, and then they just left. But they both got, um, they both got found. They got arrested, both the women, and they were like, "It's in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. This is the death penalty for murder." Um, they were tried, um, and after two years, they were both freed on two different technicalities. So. It weren't like they—they they were new. They didn't know. They were ignorant. They just thought they were doing a prank show. They yeah. did not have a clue that they were actually acting on behalf of this, like King Youngun. They didn't know. Wow. I think they also managed to capture the chemist, and um, they, there's interviews of him and stuff like that. So they did catch up, and that's why the world knows what happened. But again, there's nothing anyone can do. He's untouchable. Jesus. There's nothing yeah. they can do. He's completely untouchable. Um, you touched on the fact that he's friends with the ex-basketball player, Dennis Rodman. Yeah. Um, Dennis Rodman used to go at Madonna, you know. Yeah. He was very famous back in the day. And um, he said in an interview I watched yesterday that when he went and visited Kim Jong-il at the... Kim Jong-un, rather, at the palace, he saw the uncle, Yang. He was there and he was living and he was under house arrest. So make of that what yeah. you will. I yeah. mean, I mean, 
the fact that it was all the Korean people were told that he was killed by firing squad don't make it true, no, does it? it and apparently there were no officials um, present when he was killed by firing squad. Oh, so to be fair, I do understand why he would want to pretend he was dead but keep him under house arrest because this guy's got a wealth of knowledge. Mm-hmm. Why would you want to destroy that? Yeah. Kim Jong-un isn't crazy. No. He really isn't stupid. Um. So, yeah, we've got one more murder to cover, which is very sinister because it happened to um, a, fo- a foreign national, an American bloke called Otto Warmbier. So he was a student at the University of Virginia and um, he was quite well-travelled and stuff. And he was in China. The only way you can go on... You know, you mentioned there's these, like, tourists, um, like, you can go on little mini trips, can't you, mm-hmm. to North Korea, but it has mm-hmm. to be, like, a guided trip. He was... The only way you can get on them is from China. So he's travelling, he's in China, he books himself on one of these trips. And it was, a, I think it was a five-day trip over New Year's. So... He entered North Korea on the December the 29th, 2015, when he was 21 years old. This man was born in Cincinnati, Ohio. He was an avid traveller. He'd visited Israel, Cuba, Ecuador and various European countries. He was set to take part in a study abroad program in Hong Kong beginning in early 2016. Ah, so that's why he was in that neck of the woods. But he decided to embark on a guided tour to North Korea with the company Young Pioneer Tours. The China-based company slogan was destinations your mother would rather you stayed away from. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, no. So Otto flew from Beijing to Pyongyang, Pyongyang rather, for a five-day tour over the New Year's Eve holiday, which he reportedly celebrated by drinking with his group in Pyongyang's Kim Il-sung Square. At around 2am on New Year's Day, North Korea's government alleges that Otto attempted to steal a propaganda poster from a restricted area in the Yang Yang. Gakdo International Hotel where he was staying. Now, this is, as you pointed out earlier, the only hotel where um, foreigners are allowed to stay. Mm-hmm. They've got one, <laughs> one, hotel one hotel where you're allowed to stay if you're from abroad. Uh, when he was arrested at Pyongyang International Airport on January the 2nd, members of his group were told that he was very sick and that he'd been taken to a hospital. North Korea's state-run news agency, KCNA, reported the student had been detained for hostile acts against the state. Um, there's a press conference which you can watch online. It's very harrowing. But during this press conference, which took place February the 29th, 2016, right. so what's that, just all, about almost two months two after months. he'd been arrested, Otto read a prepared statement that included his confession. Um, during the press interview, he admitted to attempting to steal a propaganda poster that read, let's arm ourselves strongly with Kim Jong-il's patriotism. Uh, stealing or damaging items with the name or image of Kim jong or Kim Jong-il is a serious crime in North Korea although it's unknown whether the confession was forced many observers noted it was clear that Otto was under duress during the conference he can't walk in he can't walk on his own he's supported by a guard on either side and he's crying and begging when he's reading this statement out he's very distressed it's horrible as his his parents must have found that a very tough watch um he was found guilty by North Korea's Supreme Court for a crime pursuant to the US government's hostile policy towards North Korea in a bid to impair the in unity of its people after entering it as a tourist. And he was sentenced to 15 years in prison with hard labour. Now, you've got to think this is a year before they met him and Trump, maybe two years before they mm. met, actually. So this is like the height of the hostilities between the USA and North Korea. So the fact that it's Otto is an American... He probably shouldn't have gone there in the first place. Yeah. Kind of skating on thin ice going there anyway, let alone as an American. 
I mean, they're very, very hated, aren't they? In fact, three days ago, an American soldier was taken prisoner. I see that mm. when we was doing this, yes. Yeah, but he was somewhere he shouldn't have been. What yeah. does he think is going to happen? Yeah. He, he probably won't be seen again, will he? Um, so, yeah, there's about a 1,000 Western tourists go over there every year. Um, Kim Jong-un, though, this was quite an old documentary that I watched. So since then, it mum, number may have gone up because a couple of years ago, now Kim Jong-un is friends with the Americans again. He said he wants to open up tourism in his country. He was hoping to encourage 2 million visitors a year. So I'm guessing this has gone up since since this documentary mm-hmm. was made. But at that point, when Otto went, there was only about 5,000 people a year visiting, which how is a very tiny number, isn't it? Yeah, but how can he control? Because with that tiny number, he has all control on what them tourists do, what yeah. them tourists see. You see it through the documentary. What they can and can't do. If he's got more mm. people, there's no way he's going to be able to keep on animal. Yeah, I'm not sure, to be honest. No. Um, but yeah, so in 2017, he was sent back to the USA in a coma. Um, the North Koreans claimed he was suffering from botulism. That's why he was in a coma. Um, his parents claim he'd been tortured in prison. And when um, he died, his autopsy was inconclusive. And his death remains a mystery. But then I also read, I read something else and it said that he didn't have an autopsy. I don't know. But oh. that, his death remains a mystery anyway. Oh, boy. Um they say there's rumours that he may have disobeyed the rules of the hotel about not going on the fifth floor of the hotel because mm-hmm. um, the lift doesn't have a fifth floor button, but you can get there by a staircase, so maybe he did that, but mm-hmm. it's just a guess. Nobody really knows what he did. Maybe he did try and take a post on, really shouldn't have done. Um, his dad said that... Um, let me see. His dad said when he saw his son, he was moving around and jerking violently, making these howling and inhuman sounds. His head was shaved. He was blind and deaf. His arms and legs were totally deformed and he mm. had a huge scar on his foot. It said it looked like someone had taken a pair of pliers and rearranged his teeth and that Otto had been systematically tortured and intentionally injured by Kim and his regime and this was no accident. And this was what um, Otto's dad said. He'd spent 15... Uh, he'd been sentenced to 15 years in prison... I think he'd had 17 months in prison. They obviously shit themselves and thought, he can't die here. We've got to get him back to US soil before he dies because he was in... I think they said to turn off his feeding machine in America and he died because he, he he was gone anyway. Oh, he had They scanned his brain. He had brain damage. Um, the botulism thing could have happened. So if he caught botulism a year before in prison, which he may well have done, um, in in America or here, you'd get hospital treatment and it wouldn't be life-threatening mm-hmm. but there if they didn't bother they wouldn't um the lack of oxygen would have given him brain damage oh okay so that's what they think may have happened they examined him they weren't any botulism left in his body but if he'd have had it a year before it wouldn't be any traces of it anyway so that could be true and he, it was a lack of uh, medical care that saw him off but obviously his body showed signs of torture but when you see him in that video he's clearly been tortured mm-hmm. he can hardly walk mm-hmm. it's really distressing it's a horrible thing to watch all for a fucking poster oh my god Makes well you sick doesn't it this is the this is the thing it's like the slightest little thing get mm. you in trouble but you've got to educate yourself before you go to these oh, places 100%. you don't want to end up accidentally upsetting somebody and finding yourself in prison do you um so yeah i watched a documentary last night about it's the whole thing was about money because they are so poor. I watched a satellite image of the country and you've got the whole world lit up at night, like Asia, lit mm-hmm. up, lit up, lit up, lit up. And there's a big strip that's black, which is North Korea. They're so poor, they can't have lights on. 
So how do they afford nuclear arms? How does he afford... I mean, I suppose he's in charge. He's always going to have plenty of money. But nuclear arms are not cheap. Mm -hmm. So there's this thing called Bureau 39, which is the Bureau of the Kim Family Financial Facility, which is in Pyongyang. So this is how they did it. It literally is like a mafia set up. They're criminals. There's no two ways about it. They are criminals. It's like a massive organised crime. You name it, they're doing it. And obviously organised crime fucking pays, doesn't it? So... First of all, they created a lot of money by forging American dollars. So they did amazing $100 bill forgeries. And wow. that, they got loads of money back from that. They built and funded a museum in Cambodia. And they get all of the revenue from that. This is a really popular museum. And they get all the revenue for the next 10 years back, which is around $7 million a year. And then after that, they will uh, split it with Cambodia. But... um they're saying that that will probably double anyway. After ten years, they'll put the prices up, so they'll get so they get that. Mm-hmm. That's easy money anyway. There's this chain of North Korean restaurants where um, this Frenchman who made the documentary went, and I think he was French. I'm not sure, uh, but he went there anyway. And um, you have a meal there, and then there's a stage show. And all the women who work there, they're not allowed to leave and they don't get paid. They have to stay there. They're in these gorgeous, they all dress the same. They've got these beautiful dresses on. And then like halfway through the night, they go and get changed and they get their musical instruments. They put on a show and they're very, very popular. And there's a chain of them. Wow. Not just in North Korea. Lots of places around the world have these chains and they don't get paid, these women. They spend years in there and they're not allowed to leave. It's like human trafficking. It is human trafficking, yeah. I know you said that it was only the pizza chef that was allowed to go mm-hmm. and train. That's not true. He ships hundreds of thousands of his fellow countrymen all over the world to work as slaves. Wow. It's mad, isn't it? Um, so, yeah, they're waitresses, then they perform on stage. Um, North Korean workers are deployed worldwide, even here in the EU. Um, in Poland, there are builders, huge gangs of North Korean builders. They're treated like slaves. They do 12-hour shifts. They live in barracks. They are monitored around the clock by North Korean security. They're separate from their families. So their families are back home in North Korea. If they do anything out of line, their families will be punished. So they don't have a choice. They are there kept under duress. Um, the state keeps almost all of their wages. So they get, they get to keep a little bit of their wages. Um, one of the men, on a Sunday, they're allowed to go out and do what they want. So he went and he got interviewed and he told this interview fella about it. And he said, um, yeah, they, he gets to keep a little bit of his wages, which obviously he sends home to his wife and his child. The, the state keeps the bulk of the wages, what they get paid. So obviously if they're working in Europe where wages are quite high, it's all getting back into the covers of the Kim yeah. family. It's, it's, it's really good money for them. Um, They get paid, yeah, so they only get, the workers get 90 euros a month. And they're doing 60-hour weeks. So imagine how much money is going into the Kim family, um, this Bureau 39. Um, There's 400,000 of these workers in Russia, 100,000 in China. This brings up to a billion dollars a year for the regime. That's going to buy you a few fucking Mm. eggs, isn't it? Jesus Um, Obviously, I mentioned before about the black markets. They do collect tax from the black markets, so they get money off their own people. They were literally just trying to trade for essentials like food and clothing and stuff. Um, this is this is a very good way they get money. So Kim Young Il, because he was quite westernised, this is Kim Young father. Mm-hmm. He he saw the future. So even though he was 
he was around in the 90s, wasn't he? Which is yeah. the beginning of the internet age. He saw a future and he got all the brightest kids. He made sure the brightest, most mathematically minded children were trying to be hackers, right? So South Korea, uh, North Korea are very, very good at computer hacking and they have been very successful at stealing mm-hmm. cryptocurrency now. Back then it was um, bribery and, and things like that. Extortion. Yeah, nicking people's money, mm-hmm. nicking people's everything, mm-hmm. you know, their identities and stuff. So North Korean hackers have been involved in a broad scheme to steal money from banks and conduct cyber attacks targeting the entertainment industry. The attackers have used increasingly sophisticated techniques to gain access to digital networks involved in cyber finance and to steal information useful for North Korea's nuclear and ballistic missile programs. The FBI has blamed North Korean hackers for stealing over $600 million in cryptocurrency from a video gaming company. That's not a little bit of money, is it? The North Korean hackers are known as the Lazarus Group and little is known about them. North Korea routinely denies being involved in hack attacks. (laughs) I mean, they always deny it, didn't they? But everyone knows it's them. Um, November 2014, this is during Kim Jong-un's reign now. Um, A month after the the hackers attacked, so some hackers attached an attack, launched an attack, sorry, on Sony Pictures. Uh, The fallout initially led to Hollywood Studio cancelling the release of a satirical comedy called The Interview, which involves a plot to assassinate the North Korean leader Kim Jong-un. So he's literally, he can't take a joke, can he? Can't handle it. Can't take can't a joke. So they've made this film about just a piss-take, like, satirical look at the regime in North Korea. So he's had his hackers hack into Sony Pictures very successfully, hacked loads and loads of emails and stuff. So the entertainment company later allowed a theatrical and online release of the movie at Christmas, which took $15 million and was downloaded more than 2 million times in its first few days. The initial hack, which exposed embarrassing emails and personal details about some of the world's biggest movie stars, escalated after the supposed hackers made threats against cinemas showing films. Um, so, November 22nd, there were signs that Sony's computer system had been compromised when skulls appeared on employees' screens with a message threatening to expose secrets from data obtained in a sophisticated hack. This initially caused crippling computer problems for workers at Sony who were forced to work with pen and paper and they even had to fire up their fax machine. (laughs) Oh, my lord. Um, So, let me see. An unknown group calling itself Guardians of Peace claimed it was behind the cyber attack. And um, it came to... uh, Let me see. This is what it did. This is it in a nutshell because I'm waffling on a little bit here. Um... It's, it revealed that female stars, including Amy Adams and Jennifer Lawrence, were paid less than their male co-stars. So one good thing has come mm-hmm. out of it, a bit more equality. And also there was an email that that said Angelina Jolie was branded a minimally talented sport brat in a private wow. email from the producer Scott Rudin to Sony executives. How bad is that? But they also had like everybody's... Obviously they've got access to what everyone gets paid mm. and things like that. So basically, they decided not to move forward with the planned December 25th theatrical release. They only released it online because they also, on top of that hack, they alluded to 9-11 in their message and said that they would, like, if people, mm-hmm. basically, there'd be 9-11 tax on cinemas that dared to show this film. Wow. So, yeah. So basically, it was like, they won. Yeah, they did win. Yeah. How bad is that? They're, they're very powerful. Yeah. Very powerful country. And as you shut it down, you don't, do you? He can't. No, he can't be stopped now, either internally no. or externally, because he's got so he's got long range missiles. Yeah, 
Uh, like he, I think the first one he bought only travelled like 250 miles. Now they cover thousands of miles. So he's got long-range missiles. Scary, isn't it? No one can touch him. He is untouchable and unbeatable. Scary. Nothing, nothing can happen to him. And oh. I suppose we'll find out in a few years' time, like when he passes away, who the next Kim Young is. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I think he's had a daughter, but he, they're very cl- they're very close-lipped about yeah. anything, aren't they? There's yeah. never any, you know, like here, if one of the prince, princesses go into labour, they're there's like waiting outside the hospital yeah. until the baby pops out. The Ludo wing. Yeah, they're like literally over there. Yeah. They don't even say if they're going to have a baby or anything today. They keep it very, very under their hats. So. Tight-lipped. But yeah, I mean, there you go. Decent, eh? Yeah. Should we do some quick myths? Yeah, go on. So, King Jonan has a Harlem. Harlem? Harem. Harem. <laughs> oh, oh, Harem. 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 Yeah. Called the Pleasure Squad. Mm. He's so fat. He weighs around 20 stone. I don't think he's fat anymore. Oh, is he not? I think he's lost weight. Ah. Mm. He loves cheese, has no sense of humour. These are all myths. Obvious. No, it's obvious that he hasn't got sense of humour. He wears special shoes to make him taller. He was called the sexiest man alive. Yeah, he's on on my wall. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Um, I've got... So he was a gifted sailor as a youth and he also learnt to drive at the age of three. Mm. Uh, he's a musical composer and artist and he's a celebrated around the world. He never needed to use the toilet because his body is so well co- collaborated it didn't urinate or defecate. <laughs> That's ridiculous, right? Um that was Kim Young Eel. Yeah, that's Eel. Sorry, that, that I've was got the, Eel That here, was yeah. the dad, because that's when he said he only lived on one bowl yeah. of rice a day and his body had maintained that he doesn't need to it's defecate because joke. it uses yeah, all of the rice. Yeah, it says Eel's biography. Yeah. yeah. Uh, With only access to the internet in North Korea, the government officials state tells its citizens its notion was all invented by the West. Um... So basically, they're saying that the West is making all this stuff up if they find anything out. And he's told that their leaders are beloved around the world and that each country celebrates their birthdays. And what they can do to celebrate with the rest of the world is to eat a bowl of rice. So white rice isn't readily available right out there to the population but on his birthday, they were all given a tiny bowl of small white rice. And that is... To Whose s- birthday? Kim Jong-un's, oh. or their leaders. Mm. Any of their leaders, I think. So to celebrate with the rest of the world, they they were all given a tiny bowl of white rice. Mm-hmm. White rice. Like, that's the cheapest food ever, and that's what they're allowed. So one of the survivors basically says, doesn't she, China's better than... Korea because they have rice, available rice. Mm-hmm. How can you deem that as... Oh, yeah, it's just... A joke, um, yeah. I'm just going for it. I've got more on it. Oh, he King John Hill created the hamburger, but he called it double bread with meat. <laughs> yep, I've been um, to Hamburg, that's where hamburgers are from. The older Kim was also Germany. fond, yeah, there you go. The older Kim was also fond of claiming sawdust was full of nutrients, encouraging his citizens to chow down on. The um, building byproduct as their regular times when they were starving. Well, on the, um, oh. you know, the documentary that we watched about the trip, 
the tourists yep. going into yep. North Korea. One of the guided trips that they went on, like the tours they went mm-hmm. on, was to a farm. And in the farm, there was this massive statue of um, just some normal workers with arms full of produce, which was to show that the country had an abundance of food. That statue was built in the middle of the famine. Fucking wicked, isn't it? It's so disgusting, isn't it? It's wicked. That made my heart break. Yeah. Oh, it's so disgusting. Wicked. Mm. And that's what they do, don't they? They chew, chew down their seaweed, I think. They eat quite a lot of... But sawdust. Sawdust is just wrong. Mm. Oh, God. Right, let's get off of that. <laughs> Have you finished with your fun facts? Yeah, go on. I know you said about the haircuts earlier, didn't mm-hmm. you? I see something else about the haircuts. It was... um. I think women have 18 haircuts and mm-hmm. men only have 10 haircuts. And usually, when you're a young woman, you're allowed to have, pick one of the longer haircuts. But once you're older and married, you should pick one of the shorter ones. Parking hell. <laughs> How Look, bad is that? It's just, uh, yeah. It, but none of the haircuts for the men is Kim Young-un's, Kim Young-un's haircut. Because he's got the proper short back and yeah. sides, hasn't he? None of them are on the 10. So well, I think he's got his own special haircut. Yeah, because he's holier than now. Well, he's our supreme leader after when he's the world's sexiest man, so, yeah. obviously. Yeah. So, do you want to hear a little bit about the gulags? Yes. Do I? Probably not, actually. Okay. Probably not. Um, so, apparently, these camps, they're like concentration camps. They're just as bad, if not worse, than the Nazi concentration camps, according to survivors of them. Mm. Right, here's one. This is a man called uh, Yong Kwang Il. Mm-hmm. So he worked as a trader and he made business deals with South Koreans in China, thereby associating with the enemy under North Korean law. Jong was accused of being a spy and he was dragged to a prison camp. Interrogators attempted to torture a confession out of him and he was beaten so severely that all his teeth were broken and the back of his head was injured and permanently scarred. Then he was tortured with a technique known as pigeon torture. Sounds nice, doesn't it? It's not... It's really horrible. So um, he described this. I watched. This is just something reading off the internet, but I watched him talking about it yesterday, and he said that um, well, you have to read it anyway because he don't speak English, so you only yeah. read the subtitles. I presume the subtitles are accurate. Hmm. But yeah, they handcuff your hands behind your back, hmm. and then they make you go into a crouch position so that you're sort of like on your toes, squatting. Right. And um, you have to just stay there for hours and hours on end. So you can't sit down. You can't stand up. And um, he described it as, like, unbearable pain in his chest. It sounds a bit like crucifixion. Um, He said, yeah, it just, he said it was so painful, he felt it was better to die. And he did confess to his falsified crimes. No. Um, And he was sent to Yodok, which is one of North Korea's largest prisons, which houses around 50,000 I think that's right, probably 20,000 inmates. A sign on the gates greeted the newcomers. Let's sacrifice our lives to protect the revolutionary leadership of dear leader Kim Jong-il. <laughs> Jesus. A typical day was they're up at about five or six in the morning, given a bowl of rice, beans and corn, and then they had to work. In the spring, inmates were required to tend to a field. I think in the winter they did, like, they got the, smashed the rocks and brought all that stuff down, a lot of tree felling and things like that. Um, if they didn't work very well, they'd get less food, so they won't get much anyway. Yeah, in the winter, they had to cut and carry large logs. Uh, people died from accidents all the time. They get crushed by the logs. Some people starve to death. There's probably a lot of disease and stuff as well, you can imagine. Um, and he was in that prison for three years before he was released, and then he escaped and fled to South Korea. <laughs> wow. Um, 
this is the story of a female. So women are not, women and children are not, you know, they'll send, like, say, for instance, someone did something wrong in their family. Say my dad did something bad in my family. Me and my family, like my husband, my kids, we'd all go to the gulag because, mm. like, my dad did. Yeah. And it don't matter how old the kiddies are. Terrible. Um, some of the stuff the guards did to, to the kids and the women is really bad. I'm not going to repay it. So okay, thank you. Yeah. So um, there's a lady called uh, Ji Yun Park and her dad was ill and he begged his family to leave North Korea. Park's mother bribed the border guards to let them cross the river into China. She found a broker who promised a good job in China, but instead, the young Park, she was sold as the wife to an alcoholic farmer for about $750. She spent six years as his slave, working 16 hours a day, but she did give birth to a son, who she called Chol. He was five when she was arrested and deported to North Korea, out of one frying pan into the fire. She was sent to a labour camp where conditions were unspeakable, this is her words, and the prisoners worked like animals. Um, Park and her fellow inmates had to clear the hills of trees so that crops could be planted. That's really hard work, isn't it, taking a tree out so yep. that you can use it for arable Back farming. Backbreaking. unbelievable. Uh, I don't think they had any, like, machinery and stuff to help them. It's probably, like, hand tools and stuff, I should imagine. They weren't, she said that prisoners were not allowed to wear shoes, so the skin in her feet became broken and calloused and her wounds became infected and gangrene set in. Um, she was released from the prison because the guards wanted her to die outside of the camp. And, but she, I expect that they expected her to die, but she managed to survive and she slowly recovered. But she does still walk with a limp. And she escaped back to China and she found her son. Um, she fell in love and they, let me see, her, her son and another man who was another defector, they escaped and they were granted asylum here in Britain. Mm-hmm. So there we have it. There's loads more. It's... Really grim. Can Let's s- leave it there because it's a nice day. Go on, what did you want that to say? That lady, can I just say, she um, ran for a local office to be a councillor, mm-hmm. a local councillor in Manchester to give back to the people. So oh, she, she, yeah, she fell, but she, yeah, she's yeah. a lovely woman. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's a nice happy ending. Yeah, that's there, what I thought. We? Leave it there. <laughs> Put a pin in it. I could talk about this all day. I think we have, mm. haven't we? Yeah, this... this this thing I've got up here about the gulags and the torture, the oh, pictures are like... Yeah, I don't Because obviously they're not allowed to take photographs in there, so it's just sketches and things like mm. that, and then it's eyewitness accounts and whatnot, but they're all pretty. It's no picnic, believe it. It's not oh, holiday no. camp. So anyway, that was the case of Kim Young Un, but obviously we brought into Kim Young Il as well, quite uh-huh. a lot of that. So we hope you've enjoyed the episode. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, we hope you've enjoyed the episode. We hope you're enjoying the series around the world at the moment. Um, I'd just like to say, if you are enjoying it, please go give us a review or, you know, maybe give us five stars wherever you listen to your podcast because it does help other people find our podcast. Yeah, pop over to Patreon if you can. We've got loads of stories over there. Yeah, Patreon's only £3 a month and for that you get extra episodes and you get early access to our mainstream episodes and there's no adverts in them either or if you or for a pound you get early access and no adverts as well if you just want to support us that way that'd be really lovely um we've got quite a large back catalogue now i'm not sure if you read on our social media but we've been going for a year now so we Yay. have got god how many episodes do you think we've got <laughs> probably about 80 episodes yeah. maybe we've got quite a lot anyway so go back to our back catalogue we've had we've done some really good Big cases, really good little cases. Links are in our bios. 
come and say hello to us as well if you want. We're constantly on Instagram, aren't we? Yeah, come and say hi. Um, I think Lauren does TikTok now as well. Can you say hello on TikTok? I think you can. Yeah, come yeah. and try it. Give it a try. Yeah. Say hello to Lauren on TikTok. Hey. <laughs> um, and in the meantime, have a great week. And we really thank you from the bottom of our hearts for listening to our podcast. Thank you. And if you like us, tell your friends, please. <laughs> have a good week. Bye. See you. Bye-bye. Thank you.